Welcome to the Gospel Ministry of Exchange Church. Thank you for connecting with us for our Bible talk today, and please feel free to share these talks with others as well. It's our desire to connect people to Jesus and grow people in Jesus. To find out more about us, please visit our website www.exchangechurch.org.au. Father, thank you. Thank you today that we can pray. Thank you, Lord, we can uh, open our hearts up before you now and in faith and in confidence, Lord, know that you hear our prayers, you answer our prayers, and you do this for your glory and you do this for our good. Uh, So, Lord, we ask that now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, we are now going to move to um, the next stage of our service where we love to open up God's Word and to hear him speak so clearly to us. I'm just waiting for my iPad iPad to open up and it just has. A slightly different change of direction this week. We have been going through the book of Genesis over the last uh, few months and uh, I was just thinking again of um, the duration of this COVID-19 and the length that it's been taking place now and and I just felt uh, in the Lord to just go in a slightly different direction today uh, as we think about this sort of you know, long path or long process that we are going through. And maybe you may have asked this question in your life at some particular time. How long will this take? How long will this take? I've read stories of married couples going through infertility and putting themselves through a whole range of processes and treatments to become fertile. Uh, they go week after week, month after month, and sometimes year after year. And it can seem like a marathon for them. Everything they try seems to make little difference. The wife still cannot fall pregnant. And they ask themselves, how much longer can we keep doing this? This, I think, is a question that everybody asks at some point in our lives. We all go through seasons of challenge. We will ask ourselves, how long will this go on for? How long will this go on for? Uh, guys, if you've got your Bibles, please go to Psalm 13. We're going to read that today as we uh, open up God's Word. Psalm 13, verse 1. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemy say I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Let's pray. Uh, Lord, thank you this morning that we can come and we can open up the book of Psalms. Father, thank you for Psalm 13. Thank you, Lord, that here we are standing perhaps 3,000 years or more after this psalm is written and it speaks into our heart today. Lord, your word is timeless, your word is ageless, your word is alive, and your word speaks into our hearts today as your spirit brings that alive. So we ask, Holy Spirit, come. Come and bring this word alive wherever we are at right now. And we ask, do it for Jesus, 
glory and his kingdom's sake we pray. Amen. Amen. Psalm 13. Uh, Psalms are a wonderful part of God's word. They really are the heart breathings of people going through all the seasons of life. And what we find in the Psalms is ourselves, as we identify with the psalmist and what he or is going through. And in Psalms we see many things. We see joy and jubilation. We see praise and worship, people bursting out with those sort of things. But also in the Psalms we see cries of pain, cries of suffering. In the Psalms we see profound grief and despair also through the seasons of life that people are experiencing. One of the most powerful things about the Psalms is there's no emotions or there's no feelings that are off limits when it comes to the Psalms. You can find everything in the book of Psalms. Now, Charles Spurgeon's got a a wonderful book called The Treasury of David where he does an exposition on every Psalm there in the book of Psalms. What is Psalm 13? Psalm 13 is a desperate cry of how long will this go on? King David of Israel has written this psalm, but we really don't have any context for why he's written it. There's no immediate detail surrounding the situation here uh, why King David would be feeling so desperate. Uh, That doesn't matter, though, for us. This psalm is still totally applicable for us today. And as we think about today and think about our big idea, here's where we want to go for our big idea today. Uh, Life can be overwhelming on many fronts, and it's totally okay to feel and ask, How long, Lord, knowing that God will always carry us through whatever we're facing by faith in him. Totally okay to ask how long. Okay, let's let's jump into it. The start of this psalm is really deeply emotional, a very deep emotional psalm. And we're going to see this about God. God is a deeply passionate and an emotional being. Uh, There's no such thing as Christianity without passions and without emotions. Now, God's perfectly balanced in his passions and emotions, but that's what Christianity is about. It's very significantly touched with our emotions and with our passions. And this question here is asked four times in the very first two verses of this psalm. How long? How long? How long? How long? Four times it comes at us. And the very first time he asks this question, it's like it's very haunting. It's felt very deeply. It's like the psalmist opens up, How long, O Lord? It's a very profound way to start this psalm. We get this really uh, real sense here of intensity as David cries out, as it were, in some type of emotional pain as he exposes what is happening in his heart and what he's feeling at this particular point. And here's what he feels as he actually opens this up by saying how long. In verse 1 he says he feels like he's forgotten by God. He feels forgotten. He feels like this season is going on and on and on. It feels like this season is forever. He's feeling forgotten and he's feeling like this just keeps going. And in verse 2 as he's actually got these profound questions coming out, he's asking how long he must wrestle with these dark internal thoughts that are causing such grief and sorrow as he reflects on these dark and internal thoughts. He's feeling defeated in life. It's like the enemies of life are shouting victory over him. And he's asking at this point, 
how long must he be like this or feel this or experience this? Here's the point of the first two verses. It's really okay to express these thoughts and feelings. It's really okay in the middle of long seasons of hardship to let your heart speak. That's totally okay. This is what the Bible is all about. It's being real, open, honest and raw. Now for some of us, that could be right now in the midst of these COVID-19 restrictions. For seven long months now, we've been struggling as a community, as a people, with our freedoms restrained. Things have changed dramatically. Here at EC, we haven't had a full in-person gathering since March the 15th. That's seven months ago. Even to meet as small groups of people, that's been restricted. We can only do that in certain ways and certain times. Having people to our homes uh, for meals and social connectivity, that's also been severely limited over these last seven months. We can't freely just go and do that with as many people as we'd like. And then with our second lockdown that we're now sort of easing out of those restrictions at the present time, it just seems painfully slow. It's like we're just moving out by millimetre by millimetre. And sometimes the it seems unreasonable what the government's allowing us to do and not to do. It's slow and it seems unreasonable. And amongst all this, as a community of believers here, we are vitally missing the fellowship of our community gatherings. Now, we love to get together on a Sunday, but we're actually missing seeing each other at this point in time to be mutually encouraged and built up as we do gather together and spend time with each other on a Sunday like that. What we're missing is this, we're missing the conversations that we have after the service. People are gathering in small groups and talking about life and talking about what's happened to them through the week and then they're inviting themselves down to lunch at a cafe or lunch down at the lake. Uh, We're meeting new people, we're making new connections, all that's happening on a Sunday, but it's not happening. It's been restricted. Overall, these restrictions are causing us duress and pain at various levels. That's what we're feeling. And in some respects, it looks bleak. It looks dark for us. And we could be asking right now, how long, O Lord? How long will this go for? For others, you could be facing mental health challenges. You could be facing relational challenges. And I know during these COVID-19 lockdowns and restrictions, uh, those things have both risen dramatically, mental health challenges and also relational challenges. And you too could be asking, how long, Lord, will I wrestle with these deep, internal, dark thoughts of despair and depression? How long will I wrestle with that? An hour feels like a day, a day feels like a year, and you feel constantly stuck in that season. And you cry out in the middle of all that, how long, Lord, must I be trapped in this cold and dark season with no light at the end of the tunnel? It's a legitimate cry to make. That's what you're experiencing at this point in time. That's what David was experiencing when he wrote this psalm. This broken world is a crushing place at times, a very crushing place. We've all rejected the giver of life in God, and now we reap the consequences of that. We are both perpetrators of sin, 
but we're also the victim of sinful actions as well. We all feel this weight, this weight of this burden to some degree. God's made us as people to feel these things. And we join in with the psalmist and we say, How long, Lord, must we suffer like this? How long will this virus have such an impact upon our lives? How long, Lord, will I live in this despair? How long, Lord? Real thoughts, real feelings, real emotions, real passions. How do we react, though, in this desperate situation of despair and fear? Because that's really important. How we respond or how we react. Do we start up a protest against the government and we just defy their laws and just start meeting again? Let's get a hundred people in. Let's just to heck with the government. Let's just do it. Or do I just pretend the pain of brokenness isn't real and just get on with life? Just suck it up, princess, and get over it? Is that what I do? Sure, we must acknowledge the despair and the feelings we have, but what's important is how I react and respond in this place. I can't just sit here, as it were, and wallow in negativity. I can't get stuck in that place. What's really important is to look up and find hope. And the psalmist now, in the next couple of verses, he begins to find that hope in his desperate circumstances. Look with me in verses uh, 3 and 4 from Psalm 13. Consider and answer me, O Lord, my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest my enemy say I prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice because I'm shaken. It's a beautiful picture here as David begins to cry out. And he cries out three really important things here, which is like a process of building one thing on top of another. The first thing he says, consider. Or Lord, look. Look at me in this pain. See me in this pain. And then he says, answer me. Respond to my prayers. Respond to my cries, Lord. Look and answer. And beautifully, the third thing he says there is this. Light up my eyes. Renew my vision of who you are, Lord. Lift me out of this darkness, Lord, I pray. Glorious reaction. A beautiful reaction here to the dark times that David is finding himself. To come before a sovereign, merciful Lord in prayer during pain and despair. He's opening up his lips, he's opening up his heart and he's praying in this picture of darkness. See me, Lord. Hear me, Lord. And light up my heart with hope. Lord, please lift my spirit out of this darkness and these crushing circumstances. I mean, lift me out of this, I pray. And don't you just love that phrase there where he says, light up my eyes. Light up my eyes. And then in verse 4 he says this, So Lord, please, don't allow me to be swallowed up by this world so they would make a mockery of who you are by seeing my life. Lord, I don't want to be overwhelmed with the, where the world looks on and they ridicule you. Don't let the, the enemy have this victory over me. Again, it's a real expression here of calling out to God, praying. Now, God loves our prayer. He's a faithful, heavenly Father 
who delights, who delights to make known his grace through prayer, through simply speaking, letting our heart come out through our mouth and speaking to the Lord about where life is at. What is prayer? Prayer is a place of humility. It's a place of realising that this is all beyond me. This is all beyond my control. I am so not in control of these circumstances in this situation. Prayer is acknowledging that. Prayer is the attitude that I can't do this on my own. I need help. I'm not sufficient in myself to carry this out. Prayer is calling out for that help. And we come before a very merciful God when we pray. Look what he says here as the Lord deals with the weak in Isaiah 42. He says this, A bruised reed he will not break, and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. You see, the Lord knows our despair and our hurting position that we find ourselves in life. And he's there with us. He hasn't left us. He's there with us. And prayer helps us to know that he is there with us as we come come before him humbly. How do we react in times of how long, O Lord? We pray and we speak to our gracious Heavenly Father, the God who is there, right in the middle of that despair. Here's something I really love about the Psalms and the Psalmist. What they do in a Psalm very often is they actually take you on a journey with them. You're on a journey, as it were, with the inner workings of their soul as they're actually sort of processing these things. And on this journey here, something now changes with David. Something now changes where he sees something great. Something's beginning to, as it were, burst into his mind, burst into his heart. There's like... There's new hope, there's new joy, and there's like even new praise here with David. Look with me in verses 5 and 6 as we see this change. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Now, as we think about this change here that's happening in verses 5 and 6, there's something I want us to see here which I think is really, really important. David is showing us really deep emotions here in the psalm, really deep emotions in the psalm. But something is now profoundly changing within him. He now switches, as it were, from feelings, and he now switches to facts. He goes from feelings, and he's now going to facts. And what these facts are going to do is actually produce new feelings. His emotions and feelings are really, really strong and they're powerful. You can read them there like we just have in those early verses. But it's now like David steadies himself or he sort of reigns in these feelings with the truth of what he knows about God. He pulls these feelings back into the right balance and the right order. And this is so critically important for us to get this today. I don't know about you, but I know with me sometimes, feelings and emotions are amazingly powerful forces within us. Sometimes if anger can overtake somebody, it's just like, I can't stop this, and they just go and explode. You see, once an emotion uh, gets going, 
in our heart, like whether it's anger or whether it's sadness or whether it's despair or whether it's whatever, once a, a, a emotion or a feeling gets going within us, it can become like a runaway, runaway freight train that is speeding downhill with a full head of steam. It's just about impossible to stop. And our emotions and feelings can be like that. They can just get such a head of steam up that they are just careering down the track of life and we just don't seem to be able to pull that up at all. Now, don't get me wrong here about feelings, that they're bad or they're wrong or something. Not at all. This is how God has created us, to be people who feel things, people experience things. But what we must learn is how to, to rein in and how to control our feelings so that they don't run out of control and get totally out of hand. Our feelings must be, must be controlled by what we believe, the facts of who God is and what he's done. You see, facts must control feelings. Hear me clearly on that. The facts must control our feelings. Now David here does three things in controlling his feelings. He reminds himself of these three really special things to control this despair and darkness that is threatening to absolutely swallow him up. In verse 5, the start of that, he says this, But I have trusted in your steadfast love. David, he reminds himself of God's steadfast love, God's gracious and merciful love. David recalls to mind here the truth about God. He's a God who never stops loving us, even in our darkest hours. That doesn't separate us from God's love. It's always there. So firstly, he reminds himself of this in his mind. It's a fact. Second part of verse 5, My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. David says, God, you've saved me. You saved me from your judgment and deserved condemnation that I truly do deserve. But no, you've saved me, Lord. David reminds himself here of the fact that God saves and rescues those who can't save themselves and don't deserve to be saved. David looks at that and he takes that fact and he puts that back into his memory again, reminds him of who God is and what God has done. And in the next one, in verse 6, he says this, I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. What's David doing here? <coughs> He's reminding himself that God's generous. God, you've dealt bountifully with me. God is not some sort of miser who's just sort of just throwing us a few crumbs just to keep us alive. You know, I'll, I'll give you one more crumb. No, no, no. God's bountiful with us. He's generous with us. Can you see what David is doing here? As we sort of journey with him through this psalm. If we think about it, initially his feelings are like running right within him. It's like this runaway freight train. It is going full steam ahead down the tracks of life. Despair and doubt and confusion are sending him into a crushing and dark place. He prays. He cries out to God. And then what do we see? We see the truths of God beginning to ring louder and louder and louder in his heart. David begins to change in his mind. It's like the light he was praying for to light up his eyes is now bursting in. The light is now coming into the darkness. 
But look at how this light here starts with David. Look at how it starts here. Look at the start of verse 5 where it says this, But I have trusted. It's this profound change here where David gathers himself in his mind and says, But I have trusted. David exercises his trust, his faith, his belief. He believes who God is. And he believes what God has done. What does David do? He comes back to God's word. He comes back to the truth of God. David begins to, as it were, fortify his mind here on the unshakable truth of God, the facts of who God is. And he believes it. He believes these facts despite what his circumstances are saying to him. Despite what he's experiencing, despite what he's feeling, he comes back (coughs) to these facts and to this truth. And what does David do next? He moves forward into life, facing those circumstances by continuing to believe who God is and what God has done. His faith takes hold of those facts and begins to move forward on that. David's growing his trust and David's growing his faith in God. And what's the result? What's the result here of this faith, of this belief, of this taking hold of these facts? Think again where David starts this psalm. He's overwhelmed by the crushing circumstances of life. He's in here a long season of intense challenge. There seems to be no end in sight as far as David can see. And despair and depression are very closely crowding into his heart at this time, about to flood over him. That's the start of the psalm. But how does he look at the end of the psalm? We're told there he's rejoicing. We're told there he's singing. What's that? That's the gospel. That's the good news of Jesus Christ. That's the power of the Holy Spirit bringing, uh, working through the gospel to bring exactly what David prayed for in this psalm. He prayed for his eyes to be enlightened, for his eyes to be lit up, and it's like he prayed for the spark of God to return to his life, and that's exactly what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit takes the gospel, it takes the facts, it takes the truth. And what does it do? It changes our feelings, it produces new feelings. And in David's case, the feelings of joy. He's rejoicing, he's singing now about this truth that's within him. He steadies his mind and it changes his whole attitude. It begins to turn those feelings around. Praise God. That's really worth praising. He's a God of joy. That's who he is. Not miserly joy, bountiful joy, because he's a bountiful God. It's endless joy with God, and it comes sometimes in the most difficult of situations. You see, that's the gospel. That's the good news of Jesus Christ. He saves, delivers, and he transforms. Now, you might be here for the first time today at Exchange. This could be the first time you've clicked onto the, the live stream. Welcome. Welcome. You might be thinking, I'm not sure what you've heard about Christianity in the past, but let me tell you this. It's not a relationship of sadness and dourness. Not at all. Jesus calls us into a relationship of holiness and joy with him. And if you know Christ truly, you'll truly know that joy. Don't ever think if you're looking on upon Christians, thinking, they meant to, they're, they're a sad lot, aren't they? No way. Not the joy that Christ places in our heart. That comes in the hardest places. 
As we think about that, I believe one of the keys here for David uh, to grow in his faith was his focus. Was his focus. What was David going to focus on here in this really long, dark season? Well, he could have sat there and just kept looking at the despair and the pain. And if he did that, I'm sure he wouldn't have got out of that position. He would be be stuck in that darkness if he got there. He'd be stuck on a treadmill just going through the motions of life through this really, really dark place, swallowed up by his feelings, just not able to control those feelings. That's where he'd be if he focused on that. In verse 5, though, through faith in God and prayer, I believe in David endeavoured to shift his focus. David shifted his focus onto his glorious sovereign Lord right in the middle of those dark circumstances. And what a focus shift it is. The light of the gospel breaks in and it's changed everything for David in his attitude at that particular point. The focus is really important. Friends, we're in a long season of challenge at the moment. A long season of challenge. And all of us, to some extent, are saying, How long, O Lord? How much longer do we come back to some sort of normal? Particularly when you think of COVID-19. We've been in corona lockdown now for seven months. Not seven days or seven weeks, seven months. Even this week in Shepparton, we've got uh, fresh COVID-19 infections. Just telling us this thing's still lingering here. Any sort of normal that we've been used to in the past of no restrictions, that could be another six months away or perhaps longer. Uh, I mean, the days of gathering 100 plus people here at Exchange, that could be March or April next year before we see that. We're in a long season. It's got the markings of a very long season potentially. So here's the question. What are you and I going to focus on in this season to keep on keeping on, to keep on persevering and not be swallowed up by darkness or despair. What are we going to focus on? Will we be consumed by conspiracy theories of secret hidden agendas? Will we fill our time on YouTube and podcasts dealing with all these imaginary theories, trying to calculate all the things behind the scenes? Will we be focused by kicking the government around and all their poor management of this virus? Is that going to be our focus? Will we fill our time as armchair critics just trying to poke holes in all the government policies? Are we going to fill our time doing that? Is that going to be our focus? Or will our focus be on the gospel? Will our focus be on Jesus Christ? Will we get up each day with a heart that's rejoicing and singing of God's goodness towards us? And will we allow that to be our focus, to overlay how we go through life? If only, if only we can see that God's bountiful generosity there spoken of in verses 5 and 6 is the glorious person of Jesus Christ given to us. It's a gift that God's given to us. God gives us his son to take our place on the cross, to die for our sins. God gives us his son so that we can now have an eternal hope in our hearts that no virus can take away. God gives us this glorious focus that we can have in Christ, 
during the season that we're in. And sure, the questions might still come how long. Jesus is more than enough to calm us in any raging storm of despair that we may experience during this season. Absolutely. Jesus is the strength and hope that will carry us through Corona or anything else that happens in this world. Anything that might cause us to question how long, no matter how long it runs for. Doesn't matter how long the season is. Doesn't matter how deep the challenge is. Jesus has said he will be with us always. He's the focus that we need to carry us through this season, not just to limp through the season, but to do what David is and rejoice and sing through this season of the goodness of God. So what's your focus today? What will you be focusing on to get through this season, but also to glorify Christ in this season as well? Let's pray. Well, thank you this morning we can come and we can open up Psalm 13. Father, thank you for uh, the life that we find in Psalm 13. Thank you for the journey of David in Psalm 13. Thank you, Lord, for the realness. Uh, Lord, thank you for the emotions that we see expressed through Psalm 13. Thank you, Lord, for the challenge that we see in David's life, that we can identify with that, Lord. We can find ourselves uh, in David's circumstances. But thank you for the journey, Lord, that David takes us on. It's okay to express these feelings, but, Lord, we need to then come before you and to, to rein these feelings in, to pull them back under control so we don't become like this, this runaway freight train careering down the hill of life, totally out of control, feelings driving us crazy. Thank you, Lord, for the facts. Thank you, Lord, for the truth of the gospel. Thank you, Lord, that we can take that and apply that to our hearts and minds by faith. And we can, Lord, begin to get balance in these feelings. And, Lord, can even change our feelings from darkness and despair to rejoicing and singing. God, we thank you for the presence of your Spirit that enables us to do that. And, oh, Lord, I pray today, please, 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 help us to get the right focus. Help us, like David does in verse 5 and 6 there, to shift that focus, Lord. And help us in this season to focus on Christ and allow his life to live out through us so that Lord, we can not only just endure this season and persevere through it, but Lord, we can grow and thrive in this season as well. Father, today, for those who are struggling, I pray, Lord, please, uh, let them meditate on this psalm. And I ask, Holy Spirit, grow that deep in their hearts now to fill them with joy. Thank you, Lord, we ask and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, as we said, uh, we're happy to take a couple of questions. So if you've got some questions, please um, send them through to me now and I will take them. And I've got one question here. First question we got is this. Uh, how do you help Christian people that live life by their feelings and need people to sustain them not on, uh, to sustain them not on Jesus? Um, Good question. Uh, we live in a life. We live a life. Sorry, live in a world that is very much on feelings. Uh, um, think about the Toyota ad. What is the catch line for the Toyota ad? Oh, what a feeling! It's all about feelings. 
Um, feelings are great things. You can feel really joyful in feelings. You can feel really glad in feelings. But feelings also can actually just career out of control. So how do you help people? You've got to keep pointing people back towards uh, the gospel. You've got to help pe- keep pointing people back towards the truth of who God is and help walk them through that journey of establishing those facts in their mind and getting their mind to think on those facts and not build on the feelings. And as Dave would just see there, those facts uh, turned his life around and they even changed those feelings from darkness and despair uh, to rejoicing and singing. Okay, I know we're working on a slight delay, so I'll just wait another few more seconds to see if another question comes through. Okay. Would you say that although we do hold on to the truth by refocusing, yet the battle not necessarily diminished immediately, as for many feelings are trauma-inflicted? that it is a transformation rather than a switch. Really good thought there someone's just sent in. Uh, Yes, um, it is a transformation and sometimes it doesn't go flick overnight like that. We would like it to. Sometimes it's actually, there's a a turning point in our feelings where we're sort of careening downhill and we hit this point where we actually make a flick or a switch or a change. We, We level out. And then maybe we just slowly, slowly, slowly pick up. So there can be a transformation in those feelings. Uh, And a whole range of experiences from the past can actually have a whole lot of bearings on that. But we've got to believe that through the facts of who God is and the power of God's Spirit, we can actually see that bottom out, level out, and then begin to lift. And sometimes it might lift like that, and other times it might lift like that. It'll be different for each person, but that point there is very true. It's a transformation that comes from that switch. Just waiting two more seconds. We did this last time and three or four questions come in. Looks like not. Okay, guys, thank you so much. Um, if you've got any questions at all, please feel free to send a text to the church mobile number there. Uh, other than that, if you want to make contact with us other ways, uh, come back to the email, info at exchangechurch.org.au. And uh, we would love to connect with you there. Uh, We're going to throw across now to the team to finish off uh, with a couple of songs. Thanks, guys. We trust you have enjoyed our Bible talk from today. If you have any questions or comments from today's talk, please feel free to contact us at info at exchangechurch.org.au. Also, we love to welcome new people to Exchange Church in person, so consider yourself invited to be with us. 